Episode 12. The Windows Are Jiggly. 01-27-2012. And now, with more sniffles. Hey, how's, how's it going? going? Good, how are you? Yeah, pretty well. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So, big week, huh? Yeah, it's been a big week. I actually got the podcast up from last week on Friday. Oh, that's good. Friday? No, I mean Wednesday. What? Oh, I don't Wednesday. Know. Yeah. Oh, what happened there? Uh, well, we made some studio changes, and I got mm. behind because I didn't have an editing station for a couple hours, and then I had to do schoolwork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the uh, studio looks pretty nice now. Yeah, and half light. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. It uh, kind of just flaked out. Yeah, that was pretty weird. Yeah. But instead of this flickering, it was just on, off, and pretty pretty digital. Well, oh, just for a couple seconds. Yeah, and then it stayed pretty dark for a while. Yeah, but I don't mind. Yeah. It's no longer blinding. Hmm. Oh, it was like a room that whenever you keep your eyes open, you're punished. <laughs> you know, but, you know, uh, before it used to be really yellow. Now it's yeah, just... I don't like yellow light. I don't know what I'm, I'm starting a new campaign. I, I'm, um, I now have a 42-watt bulb in my room. And th- these are only 32, mm-hmm. but um, we had the two, so it was uh, 64 watts. Or yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. think it's like that. I think it's like uh, power in parallel. Either way, um, pretty bright. Hmm. Right. Don't look at it. Okay. Well, now it's actually tolerable to look at directly. Yeah, it's still don't. It's still a bad idea. Not like the sun. Now Ideally. you just now you just look like a blob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what did we learn? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Probably. But, um, yeah, I like this desk, too. Yeah, this desk yeah. is really nice. We uh, what, what kind of shape is this? An L? Uh, I'd say an L. More like a J, though, because it has a curve at the bottom. A J without an I. Yeah, you're right. Wait, an I? Like, do you know the dot? Is that the, what they call it? Uh, that's what I... I don't know. It's a dot. It so, looks like so, I and J, like, the so, distinction character. So, so, the J doesn't have an I. What does the I have? Does an I have an I? No, the I doesn't have a J. Interesting. I, I made it all the way through third grade English. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Well, uh, so last week we had uh, Sam here. Oh, yes. yes. And we uh, talked Maybe about SOPA and Mega Upload and yeah. uh, piracy and privacy. And uh, we have some follow-up stories on those. Mm. So what do we hear? That I thought we should uh, get out of the way first. Uh, well, we heard a lot of stuff, so... You know Twitter. You occasionally tweet, right? Uh, only on podcasting days, it seems. Yeah, that's true. Uh, only time we say something so absurd that it's worth tweeting, like cooking aggressively and... Uh, what are those other ones? Actually, I think those were so bad we had to censor them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so uh, Twitter is now censoring tweets in certain countries. Or or at least what they're saying is they're allowing the government in certain countries to censor tweets. Oh, that's that's surprising, because didn't they just fight a battle for that recently? Well, so, like, in, um, what is that country called? Egypt. There was, mm-hmm. you know, a major revolution there, yeah. and they kind of ousted their president-ish kind of person. Well, um, you know, Twitter was a major, um, component of that uprising, that mm-hmm. revolution. Um, if they had been able to censor some of those tweets, then p- potentially then that might not have happened as easily, or as well. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, what what this new um, Twitter uh, uh, policy is that, let's say you uh, you're in Germany or you're in France or you're in some country that's not the United States, right? Yeah. So you're somewhere else, and you tweet there, 
and the government there says, nope, we don't like that. So then they contact Twitter, and Twitter takes it down. But they only take it down for that country's viewers. That's not so bad, is it? No, I don't think that's bad at all. I think that's, that's fairly uh. reasonable. So that your message is still spread outside, and that potentially somebody else could still read it. Hmm. How long does this process take? Uh, nobody knows for right now, because it's, it's just been just been announced and just been... Because you know how Twitter, it's really sporadic. It happens in booms. Like, as soon as somebody starts a tweet, somebody makes one similar to it. Well, potentially it would be kind of like Filter. Uh, yeah, we'll see how that works out, though. I don't think it's going to work out too well. Yeah. But I'm um, hearing anything else, cool? Um, yeah, so the next part of this, uh, of this uh, SOPA and privacy-related section, is the FBI has released plans to monitor social networking. Now, oh. you, you assume they've already been doing this, right? Absolutely. But but rarely does the FBI and associated government agencies literally announce to the public that they're doing something, you know, like monitoring things. So um, what one might wonder is, how are they monitoring? Are they just looking through search engines and looking at, you know, publicly available information? Or are they directly using databases from respective companies like, you know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, to directly see content um you know I, i'm not quite sure about that um yeah it is kind of interesting could go about it either way or well so be... th- they're looking for um this article from a new scientist uh, is that they're essentially looking through publicly available data that's on facebook and twitter but they're also looking for any way to Obtain access to private posts. Because almost everything is private. Well, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Or not private, just you have to be a friend of a friend of a friend. Right. And Which, so they're they're looking for... Who would want to um, be friends with the FBI? Hmm. I would. Uh, Actually, be, I think I would, too. That'd be interesting. I might have one friend at by the end of the week. Everybody else would disown me. Probably. Uh, you know, I, I think what would be interesting is... Um, what they're looking for. So they're looking for breaking events, incidents, and emerging threats. And how do you differentiate, you know, a real threat from a fake threat on Twitter? I'm going to build a hydrogen bomb in my backyard. Now, that could be interpreted as... A lot of different ways. And, 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 you know, literally people don't actually build hydrogen bombs in their backyard. So even that doesn't make sense. Because mm-hmm. what, what we're going to do is different. I don't even yeah. know what we're doing. Do you hear crinkling? Possibly. What is that? It's not me. You know, it must be the mice on this side of the house. Ah, yeah. Or I think it's a receipt for a cake. Is that what we got? Yeah. Mm. Uh, got an Oreo cake. Interesting. Uh, apparently Target never likes to uh, just tell you the price you've paid for something. They have oh. to give you the price, which was $8 for the cake, but then subtract a bunch of stuff. Like $2 of instant saves and then some other stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, I also heard that uh, Target's got some ink on sale this week. That's a good deal. I heard yeah. about that. Um, well, normally... it, it actually ends, so. Oh, it, well. It does? Well, it will end in a day. Or what day is it? Saturday. Mm, really? That's too bad. Depends on who you ask. I, I'm just completely oblivious to what day of the week yeah, it is. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. As long as... The... Actually, I don't even care when the sun comes up. I, I prefer it didn't. Normally that was my clock. Like when the sun comes up, it means the next day. But you know. Well, now you just stay at your light bulb. Yeah. Yeah. Turns everything from your box. Well, in other news, uh, Hawaii. You've, you've never been to Hawaii, yet, probably. Oh no. Um, but you've heard of it, probably. I, I think I have. What does it look like? A couple islands. Yeah. Good. 
Is there sand? Yes, I think. Okay, right. You know what I'm talking about then. Well, Hawaii, earlier this week, probably on Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, revealed, or essentially the internet caught wind of it, that they were going to introduce legislation for Hawaii only that would essentially force all ISPs to keep very detailed logs of domain requests and um, essentially usage information on all people in Hawaii. How many people is that? Is that kind of a um, small population? It's, you know, millions, probably. Hmm. It's not spread over that much of a distance. No, it isn't. I but, know, connecting but, the islands. But imagine, you know, how, you know how much data we, you know, used even here just today alone. Yeah. I mean, imagine how much data people go through for an entire state. Hmm. Uh, and how many domains, and how, you know, all the records people would have to keep for that. So, obviously, companies weren't, weren't too happy with that. And it's, it's a major privacy violation, too, because... Uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, un, uh, you know, unfair usage that could go along with that. Yeah. So, uh, a, two days later, uh, the supporters of the same bill, the same legislation, they kind of all backed away. That happens a lot. Yeah. But it, it was kind of interesting that that would even try to be passed after SOPA last week. Hmm. So that, yeah, I've been that, hearing a lot about crazy stuff like that. Well, you know, make that upload mm-hmm. the day after. Yeah. Hey, did you hear um that there's um it's possibly a push to have SOPA removed to Canada? Like no, it's I, a I different version of I that. I hadn't heard of that. Um, I'll make sure I don't have it in the show notes currently, but I will definitely have a link to that um, later. But um, it's it's not actually SOPA. It's just something very, very, very similar to it's it. It's called ACTA. Um, if it's in Canada and it limits the internet, probably. Hmm. I don't know how many bills are pushing for for, for that. Well. So I don't know if I don't know how much you follow this kind of stuff, but um, a couple of years ago I heard of ACTA, and it's essentially a treaty. So uh, the Congress still has to ratify it as a treaty, but it's not quite the same process as a regular congressional bill or a House bill. But um, uh, it essentially does the same kind of stuff that SOPA does, but just for many countries instead of just one. And mm-hmm. since it's a treaty, it doesn't have to be pushed through in the same way. There's not as much exposure for treaties, as you can imagine, as there are for bills that actually originate within the country. So yeah. Canada might be having something like that. Yeah, I'll make sure to look into it, and I'll have that um, posted for you to post. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so finally here, in this section, we have uh, Mega Upload users are planning to sue the FBI over their lost files. Oh, because I bet after the seas, everything was deleted, or yeah, well, potentially shut down. Maybe not deleted hmm. yet, but definitely shut down and inaccessible. Yeah. So imagine you used legitimately used Mega Upload for you know work files during mm-hmm. schoolwork, something you know something important. Yeah. Well, and you know one day the government decides, hey, yeah, all that all that stuff, regardless if it is or not, that's all just pirated, copyright infringement, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think that's a attempt that won't work. Won't, definitely won't succeed in the long run. There's there's no way that the FBI is going to return any files over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder... You know, do you think... I don't, when you seize a whole warehouse, what do you do? Like you, yeah, you just turn it off. Huh. You probably yeah. look through it for evidence and stuff. Just cut the power and wait walk until away? You, well, you, no, you don't, maybe don't walk away, but you wait until you are ready to go through it. Yeah, you can. That'll take forever. Well, it probably will take forever, which mm. is great for the people who are, you know, great for uh, Kim dot com. 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So th- those those were the uh, soap uh, mega upload pri- piracy and privacy stories for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was good to follow up on since we yeah. had talked about it at length last week. Mm-hmm. So did you do anything else cool this week? Um. So you know, I have a journalism class, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure what it entitles quite yet. Or well, it's it's actually called um, Introduction to Mass Communication. It's the first course in the journalism major, which I'm not in. Mm-hmm. I'm in computer science, of course, but I you know I do I do enjoy journalism because you know I write a blog. I do this, of course, you know this podcast. Yeah. Um, and uh, we were working in groups um, on Wednesday, and uh, you know we needed to introduce ourselves to our little you know three or four person group. Yeah. And so the other two people in my group, you know, they were either in the major for the school of journalism or they were in the minor for the school of journalism and you know they just did some stuff i don't know they were freshmen presumably yeah and so then they asked me so it's like hmm what what college or what major are you in and so you know i tell them a computer science and cse and they're like oh that's that's interesting why are you here yeah, why are you there well see i need a you see this my school of course is based around liberal arts of course so like mm-hmm. you know i'm in computer science and engineering i mean Science and engineering, but uh, you know it's still a, a university that values a well-rounded education allegedly. So you need your liberal arts, mm-hmm. and so they break that down into themes, and journalism fulfills a theme. Yeah. So what did other people in your major take? Um, well, I don't know. I it's just I think this is like um, some type of civility theme. I'm not sure, but. So so I told them, like, you know, so I'm in computer science, and I'd just taken this to fulfill a theme. Mm-hmm. And so then they ask, but you're interested in journalism because you're taking this class? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I do a podcast. And I'm like, oh, a podcast. It was kind of funny. Yeah. So that was the highlight of my week. Mm. So uh highlight of my week was uh, I got to loan some crap, which is expensive and really cool. So um, I got a new uh, Cisco Catalyst uh, switch, uh, the th- 350, uh, 3550 something. Can you tell um, us what a Catalyst switch is like? It's a switch. Like you know how everybody has like a little four port switch in their house, and yeah. Slash modem and stuff for the router kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, well, even though like it goes, it can go like a hundred uh, megabits per second. Well, that's the speed of this Catalyst switch. But um, it's just designed to be going that speed, but with 48 computers at one time, all impressive. the time for like, uh, like doesn't get power down for years and years. It's just like a like really really powerful. So it's like an enterprise class. Like, oh, very. Um, it, it's um new. It was four thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, how much was it used? Um, to be honest, I don't know because um, Cisco buys back all the used things through this little rebate program. Oh, that's thing. interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I would control like you know how you can buy something and then um, sell it to somebody right away, and then the manufacturer has no control over it anymore. Sounds like but textbooks. It, yeah, but instead of just being an absolute scam, it's just quality control. Mm. Well, I guess it also can be a scam. Yeah, I think that's I think that's more of the end there. Yeah, but. I don't know. Um, that's but, uh, a, that's so, interesting, uh, though. So uh, what I got you gonna, a lot of stuff. What are you going to do with those uh, switches? And um, I've been using them for my little cluster. I've been building. I've been building. Um, as you know, I started a couple weeks ago by uh, purchasing this book and uh, looking at a bunch of other stuff. And um, I just got a couple um, administrator guides to um, Oscar, which is an open source um, 
cluster computing uh, toolkit. I've never and, heard um, of that. Does it yeah. stand for anything? Oscar, it's open source cluster applications resources. Okay. I think that's the letters of Oscar. No, I think yeah, I think so. Yeah. I yeah. Think. Um, but uh, basically, it's a bunch of stuff where you can manage. Um, just you can send jobs out and um, look. What I what I, the feature I really wanted was um, you can set up an image mm-hmm. and then on one computer. So you just have to configure everything on this one node, and then and that would be your head. And then over the network, as long as you have the MAC address of your other computers, you can instantly turn them in, like, over... Because it's a network, it's really fast, is turn them into images. So you can re-image mass... Like, you can make five computers, five nodes in under an hour. Right. Um, so it's really fast uh, cloning and imaging. Dude, that's and, fantastic. Um, that's how all computers yeah. should be. And um, the one thing that also it has is if it detects... Um, if you can set it up so if it detects a problem with one of the nodes... Um, it immediately erases it and uh, reinstalls the image because on each individual node you never have any documents. Right. Or there's many cases where you do because um, I was also reading about this other software where um, like well, most office most offices have um, lots of computers mm-hmm. where you could set it up so by day they're just a normal work terminal but at night they can be a cluster. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and so I, I'm going to try to experiment with uh, Murray because that's um, great testing grounds for me. Isn't it? Very much so. I don't know about that. Yep, I like it though. Um, but that, yeah, that's been my week. I've been building all this in my garage, and yeah. uh, ever the one GFI breaker for uh, all the outlets. Yeah, you know, I saw that. That's uh, yeah, um, quite a load. G- not not really, because um, none of them are actually on at the same time. But the switch has such a like it, it really doesn't like going with the GFI breaker. Mm. Um, it instantly trips, and so you just gotta toggle the breaker switch until it turns on, That's which pretty. I know is the proper way to handle this equipment. Yeah, but uh, it's fun. I should have this up. Actually, I was going to work on it like crazy today, but uh, something happened to my time. It got, uh, what what would you say earlier? I don't know, truncated? Mm, no, something got lost. Speaking of things getting lost, how is that, how's your server working out? Yeah, you know, so last week uh, we moved the studio around. So my regular computing desktop, that uh, came into the studio. And, you know, we got this new wood desk, which uh, you can see pictures of on Google Plus if you'd like. Um... But in the process of moving my computers and monitors uh, over to this room, my old office had a bit of a catastrophe on its own. So um, I hit the power switch on the power strip that the server was connected to, and, well, uh, its drive kind of died. Yeah, that's not but, good. But in a very weird way. So I um, was trying to fix it today, um, as any person would try to recover some data, and... Um, so I did, I did uh, like a smart kind of read, you know, the mm-hmm. smart utility. Yeah. And it claimed that there were like 650-ish bad sectors. That's a lot. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't really know what the threshold is. You'd think that sectors would be numerous, but I don't know. Um, and so that it said, it, it really did say that failure was imminent. And yeah, I got that screen before. I, you know, I, I, I tend to agree that it, it seems pretty imminent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the uh, the deal with the servers, I did manage to get the important stuff off. Okay, how'd you manage that? Um, or just some well, magic? Well, so it was some magic. So, yeah. have, uh, you know, I asked you this earlier, but have you ever heard of a SATA drive being plugged in and then totally freezing all UI in Ubuntu? 
but not freezing the terminal interface of Ubuntu. Yeah, it just mm-hmm. must be something with the auto mount. Like in the terminal, you have to manually. But it's mount not mounted. Things. But in the UI, it tries to auto mount things. But it's not. It's not a USB drive. It's a SATA drive. Still try. And it's a live CD. It doesn't auto mount. Are you sure about that? Yep. Really? Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'll look this up later. Because it's SATA. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Either so, way. So so that's it. It's pretty weird. Uh, so one of the things I did is I um, used you know FSCK you know file system mm-hmm. check and um, you know I tried to restore it and what I ended up doing is I restored it four times. Four times. What yes. Four? Well, so each time I did it, it got progressively better. So the first time hmm. I restored it, there was two percent of damage left, and then the second time it was one percent, and the sec- third time it was one percent, and the last time. And the time I actually did back up the files, you know, it was a little bit less than one. So, sounds like you got it back. Well, I got, uh, I, so it was kind of weird. So, you know, we do the podcast every week, and so I back up all the raw audio files to that server. And um, I was looking where the Kerimsher was, and of course it was right where all the podcast files were. So on my drive, physically, the bad sectors probably where the podcast files were. Mm. Well, presumably near the edge of the disk, because they were huge. And then the... Uh, web server files that I really wanted were on the, you know, inside of the disk, or at least not where any corruption was. Yeah, because those were a lot smaller. Yeah, uh, and they were definitely more important. Because mm-hmm. you have all of our podcasts on uh, Amazon S3 bucket, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's a story of my server. I need to get a new drive. The computer, in every other respect, is probably okay. That's good. Yeah. Probably. So... So, let's start with the news, then. Yeah, so, news this week. It's interesting, huh? Yeah. There was uh, actually a lot of news this week. Um, two weeks ago was better, right after CES. No, I think this week's pretty good, though. I, okay. I found a lot of interesting stuff. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, so, uh, you know, everybody knows I have an iPad, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, well, anybody following, but either way, so I heard that there's this new thing um, for a, a new for the iPad 2. Mm-hmm. And then um, what I was going to do was I was going to my iPad and then um, you know, talk about how cool it was. But then I got a new article that um, it's talking about um, how can become illegal. And I also remember this as being a big story um, a while ago, um, three years ago, or two and a half. But uh, It appears to, um, what do you call it, uh, resurface you know, a couple of months yeah. after each major, uh, what do you call it, uh, iOS release? Yeah, but this this um, registration said that um, they kind of were, were dealing with a bunch of stuff, and then they said, we'll come, for right now, is legal, but we'll reevaluate after three years. You know, um, I remember this. Yeah, and so I guess it's been two and a half years, and so in six in less than six months now, um, we'll be up for voting again, and you got to check that out again. So do you think it's... Um your right to be able to... If you buy the hardware, you should be able to put whatever you want on it. Okay. And, um, yeah. I mean, I would still, if I was a manufacturer, I would make it a really, 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 really complicated to do and, like, try to prevent people from doing it, but I, I don't Which think... Which is not could... illegal, right? Yeah, of course not. I mean... Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I really care either way, but probably the non-illegal side would be probably be more uh, flexible. 
I mean, you know, in case somebody actually had a legitimate reason to do it. Because um, I heard um, with, for the iPad 1 that if you it, you could get, like, an SSH client. That'd be like, Oh, yes, fine. Whatever. But, uh, I would like, uh, to, this, to have a, this to be able to use the terminal at all times. Because I don't like having to use yeah, an app abs- for that. Absolutely. I mean, I, I know I reviewed an app for this, and it was really nice, um, this VNC thing. But, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't, like, I don't the need the same. GUI. No. Yeah. But, so, um, I don't really know how this is going to go, because, you know, it's however, uh, whatever you're used to. I mean, uh, you don't really think of jailbreaking on any other device. I know, well, well the do. Wii, like, I know well, our Wii is set up with the homebrew channel. And well, they don't call it jailbreaking on the uh, Android. They call it mm-hmm. rooting. So your phone generally is restricted to whatever the manufacturer puts on here. But you can exploit it in some particular way, just like and you can install your own ROM. Yeah. So um, usually that'll remove some bloatware, um, some vendor-specific customizations, and a bunch of other junk you don't so really want. So if you do that, can you still make phone calls? Yes. So it's still you still can use it as a phone even without all their stuff. Correct. Okay, that's interesting because I mean I only, I only do that with uh like I only thought about doing that with like my Xbox and other things where you can put just uh, like an embedded system like something right, that didn't right, have right. to go to a cell tower. Well, so one of the weird things with it is that the phone. So this is a uh, CDMA phone. So the code that registers this phone to me, mm-hmm. and so that cell towers cell towers recognize this phone as my number and stuff. That's the MEID. I'm not sure what that stands for, but. Uh, Essentially, it's a it's just directly like in the phone. It's not even like on a removable chip. It's just in the phone somewhere, presumably on a chip, but just not removable. And so this is on a CDMA network as opposed to a GSM network like AT and T or T Mobile. And those phones have that code stored on a, on a chip, a SIM card, which you probably know about, right? Mm-hmm. SIM cards. Yeah. And um, you can take that same SIM card, pop it in any phone, and it just works. Because you're transferring your code, and that's it. You don't have a problem. Well, on these phones, you can't transfer the code. So this phone is only this phone. It can't transfer over. So um, one of the things with that is that when you jailbreak this phone, it's iffy if it'll work afterwards because it's potentially possible that the code is stored near the ROM. Yeah. Yeah. So you just got to watch out that your overwrite doesn't do that. Yeah, but we'll, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, but, right, but I, I, I totally hope that you should uh, try that sometime. Uh, jailbreaking your iPad. Yeah, Cause, I, I cause, definitely. You know, will. with uh, over the air backup and iCloud, and you don't even have to do it over the air. It's, if you have iTunes, you just do one click, and then everything is backed up. Oh, um, that's even better. Yeah, it's um, I forget what version of iTunes is. Yeah, um, uh, I think it's ten point five point two now, or no point three. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Trying to think back, you know, I, I ran six point ten forever until I my XP computer died. Yep. Ten point five point three. Cool. Yeah. Unless there's one after. Mm. Yeah, it updates frequently. I do remember that. Almost but, as frequently as Firefox. Oh, nothing updates faster than Firefox. <laughs> hey, speaking of Firefox, did they? Yeah, yeah you heard know something cool about them. Yeah, you know Firefox. You know, they're getting rusty. 
Ah, I think that's a good thing for for normally when you think rust, it's bad. But what does rust mean? You no, know, I don't. Case? I don't. I personally, I don't think it's, that's a good thing. So, Mozilla, the company that makes Firefox, they're releasing this thing they like to call Rust, and it's an alternative language to C plus plus. It, it allegedly it looks like C plus plus, but when you actually look at it, it doesn't at all. It looks more like a mixture of. Um, to me, it looks like uh, Objective C with a mixture of JavaScript, maybe thrown in for some fun. You know, it, it maintains its C plus plus roots, but essentially, it's supposed to go faster. Mm, how much faster? Any projections? Uh, I don't. I don't really think so. You, you know, they say performance isn't catching up quite as fast, but I, I don't see the point of even doing it anyway. Like. So when you look at the source code examples they've given, and then you uh, read what they what they're you know saying about the language Rust is compiled statically typed or object oriented programming languages, and where objects are immutable by default, and uh, the compiler is available on all platforms. Uh, it doesn't have any fancy features. It just uses regular okay. syntax so- that everybody uses. Is it is it like a native program that you write, or is it like um, like a Java where it runs in a virtual no, machine? No, it's it's compiled. So so it's yep, it's compiled on each platform. So it's okay, not 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 intermediate at all. So you know you know how Firefox is made, right? It's a mixture of JavaScript and C plus plus. So mm-hmm. some parts work with other parts. So like yeah. a lot of the networking architecture that's all powered through C plus plus, obviously, because that has to be low level in the systems API. But then the higher level networking support, you know, for like interface stuff and, you know, choosing different DNS servers and stuff, that could be powered. Oh, that was weird. Could be powered by um, JavaScript because that's more of a user thing and mm-hmm. it's easier to change. But even that seems weird to me. Why isn't the entire thing just coded in C? Wouldn't that make everything go faster? Uh, maybe, but sometimes things are a big pain to do in C. I agree. Um, you know, to be honest, I've never really looked at a program like I know um, that there's a bunch of bridging for um, Java and Python, but I've never tried to use what is, two what is, languages. What is bridging? Oh, you or, mean like, like inter, uh, intercommunication? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, but I've, I've never. Have you seen any source code for like? How you know, would you, you know, do I that? don't personally know how to do it, but I have seen it a lot. Okay. Um, uh. Yeah, I, I try not to touch the C if I don't have to. Hmm. It's too wet. Um, <laughs> That's a pretty good one. But I mean, so I mean, imagine you have uh, a program that's on its eleventh iteration mm-hmm. in a year, and you suddenly decide that you want to take C plus plus, the standard language for everything in the universe, and replace it with something called Rust. How do you make that argument to anybody? Hmm. By saying it's Rust 0.1, because then you can say, oh, it's just um, coming out, it's not important. Because, uh, I don't know, I always like labeling things like that, because uh, I see that it's just, like, you don't call it, you call it zero, so you can say, oh, and this completely flops, just it wasn't an actual release. So I, mean, I, I can't really justify that any other way. Yeah, um, so I'm reading some of the comments down, you know, down below, and... Um, so they're talking about some some uh, advantages in multi-threading, which could 
very well uh, enhance Firefox. You know they've had a problem with that in the past. Mm-hmm. That you know Chrome has a thread for each tab or domain at least. Um, so that that's at least something. So I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Personally, I don't think that's going to take off anytime soon. Yeah, I'm kind of worried about Firefox and yeah. Mozilla in general. You know, the only reason I have Firefox around is still so that I can have a browser without JavaScript. Yeah, that's a bit crazy. Uh, it's it's really handy to actually have a JavaScript list to browser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I know you heard of iBooks last week. Yeah, but, I, uh, I heard about that. So now after, it's been a week, everybody is talking about it. And uh, so... Um, for those of you who don't know, iBooks is a new little app that um, iBooks 2, which allows you to download textbooks, mm-hmm. and uh, along with all the other books, like the old stuff hasn't changed. Um, it's just um, it's a new uh, kind of client thing. It's kind of like the Kindle app. So um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. On your iPad, does it literally call its new name iBooks 2 or is it still no, it's just, just iBooks it's just iBooks so, they, they would never do that but but why in the print why in the keynote did they literally put iBooks 2 on the screen yeah I'm not quite sure because um, they always just update apps and so I don't know why they do that I, I didn't, it did go like the color of the wood changed in the is that uh, all yeah it's a darker color now the color of the wood in this room changed that was just due to half the lighting exploding <laughs> Yeah, it was just filled with mercury. But, uh, oh, so, um, within a three-day period, they downloaded 350,000, 100,000, um, copies of textbooks, and they say that because of just in that three-day period that there's so much demand for it that, that this is totally going to take off and totally going to be better. <sighs> and, uh, can I tell you something? Maybe. Everybody I know who has an iDevice tapped on the free download book because there's no reason not to yeah um and so yeah you, you can't really judge how well that's going to take off because everybody downloaded it saw like i think it's really stupid an idea for having a book because all it is is a bunch of embedded videos about this person talking about what could happen in the future and uh yeah it was pretty good oh the book i got was uh life on earth i probably should mention that so and, uh, one of the things about iBooks is that I was looking at uh, some of the features, and that like let's say you're in portrait, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when you're in portrait, the um, author of the book has full control of how it's laid out. So everything you see is them by them. You don't get to mess with it as much, or at all. Okay. Really. But when you turn it into landscape, you get a free for all. You can move the things off to the side. You can resize the text, and the page numbers go away. So when you're in portrait you get page numbers and when you're a landscape you don't but you get to change things like text and viewing properties yeah you get so you still get page numbers and everything in landscape but can you change the the font size um bringing it up to do to be honest i'm not even thinking i don't know how to do that in portrait oh there we go yeah same thing yeah um but I just thought I I just thought that was kind of interesting that yeah I guess you can't change the font so so yeah I mean, it does lock it out I I think I was thinking that kind of distinction is interesting that that you can't do that because you know like on the Kindle one of the the key features is that you can re- resize the font you know to your needs right mm-hmm. want to know something really funny maybe um when you try to zoom in like you know how you pinch like to you, zoom in yeah you pull it your fingers twist whoa it. um 
So I guess you can rotate the text, and that's just kind of crazy. Yeah, I think I did that um, accidentally last week, too. Yeah, it, it's a bit I'm of a crazy it. system. Yeah, I, it just... Yes, you can turn the page by spinning it around. Yeah, I, I don't know if I like this kind of stuff. Yeah, I would, I would never use that as a textbook. Unless it was like $10 versus a $60 book. But, uh, yeah. So far, I think it's kind of fun, but not really that. And I don't think iPad, uh, Apple can say that they've beaten, they've killed textbooks because they got a bunch of downloads in a few days because people want to try the free version. And, and, you know, like, when you look at a lot of the books they have on the market, mm -hmm. uh, what do they call that? The... Oh, like, is this like an entry level of each subject? Like, is, is No, but I mean, run? what do they call the store? Is it the iBook store? Is that what they really call it? I think so. Okay. Or just, run, just, 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 just sure. tap the, it, All it says is a st when you're in iBooks, you tap the store button. Well, I've got a bigger problem. You don't even know what to do? In Portrait Now, nothing comes up. Oh, what'd you do to my iPad? <laughs> I oh no, my I iPad 2 is spitting out toxic fumes. Oh wait, it's upside down. Yeah, it, it, it just took a moment to load. Because um, it's got a, only... Man, that's really slow if it took that long. Yeah, but when you tap on the video, it takes forever. That was a good 45 seconds. Yeah. I don't know if I like that. Yeah. You, know, you know what they're going to need? What? A better processor. Yeah, I think that's coming in the iPad 3. Yeah. Too bad we don't have any rumors about that this week. Oh, we've had a rumor for the past month about it. Every show. Well, we might as well let this one off. Why don't we just make our own rumor today? The iPad 3 will have a faster processor. Wow. What about faster graphics processor? you think we'll have that too? Uh, I think it'll be um, 3.1459 times faster. Mm. They're just going to have really dead deadly toxic fumes too. With more lead than ever before. That's pretty good. I want more than just lead. I want cyanide and everything. That'd be really bad. <laughs> cool. But, um... Yeah. Yeah, but I think, uh, you know, like, so, um, on the iBookstore, the marketplace, mm -hmm. for books, um, I was listening to, uh, other podcasts and other media outlets. Oh, what you do know, they have to say? you know, that's what I do. And, um... Well, one of the things they mentioned is that most of the books, as you said, were entry-level things. So when you look at the page numbers and you look at the content, they're really light, really just demos. You know, yeah. like, um, you, you saw the computer science book I got last week, right? Oh, yeah. Discrete Mathematics? Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. That. Mm -hmm. It was a really thick book. If you look through it, there were a lot of uh, mathematical symbols for logic and mm -hmm. operators and Boolean logic and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I need to use a mouse that's not connected to anything. Yeah. Well... So one of the problems with that book is that it's huge and long. There's probably mm -hmm. like 700 pages in that evil thing. And, of course, they're double-sided. So yeah. imagine imagine 700-page book double-sided on an i you know on an iBook format. How many pages is that? 1,400? Because, you know, just doubled. Well, why not? Well, so then each page has to have all these symbols, and, you know, it actually has to have content and pictures and, you know, little, little asides and all sorts mm -hmm. of stuff. Yeah. The books they had on the marketplace were really devoid of content. Yeah. Do you remember... Um, no, I took chemistry a year after you did. But um, the year I was in chemistry, they replaced all the um, normal level classes, textbooks for chemistry. Right. And that's the book that they have on the iPad. Like mm -hmm. In the bookstore, that's the same book. And um, I did love when I was reading that book that it had um, almost all the information you needed... 
in a table or yeah. in a little graph or a little chart. Like, there's very little that um, had to be um, read in a paragraph. Like, there was just everything you needed to know was like a definition. Like, because mm-hmm. you only get quizzed on vocabulary and things. Right. And, um, yeah, so everything was bold, everything was that. And that's kind of how that's set up in the iBooks. Yeah, I think, so, I think that's. But I, I, but just I didn't think, like that. I just think right now that iBooks isn't developed enough to really say for sure if it's successful or not because nobody has any books on it yet. Yeah, you know, you can't, you can't have, you can't say like, oh yeah, this is going to work for everybody because books like the book I'm using for my class, a long, real book, you know, even my, even my physics textbooks, there's two of them there. They're each about 400 pages long on their own, double-sided, yeah. of course, and it's wider than most average textbooks. Mm-hmm. And, you should see my CompTIA Linux book. Yeah, and, and you know these things are just insane. They're long books that have actual content. Not you know it's hard to make movies about discrete mathematics. Hmm. And how do you even do that? Show a video of a kid sleeping in class. You know who's in my class? Who? Nate. Really? Yeah. How's he doing? He's great. Is he still really quiet? No, he's talking to some person that sits next to him sometimes. Mm. Maybe he finally found somebody who can understand him. Like, he's just been a world beyond all of us before. Yeah, but you know, at the U, he's, I think he's fitting in pretty well. But, That's good. But it's pretty cool because, you know, like, he sits next to me. Ah. Because, you know, like... Copy off of him. You can never go wrong. You know what? It's really weird because, you know, he, he doesn't really pay attention-ish. And then, and then he just <laughs> knows the answer. And it's so bizarre. I loved having him as my Jeopardy partner. He so, just was dead asleep, woke up, solved all my problems for me, went back to sleep. You know, it's it's, ama- it's amazing. Yeah. And remember when we were having our trigonometry, or not trigonometry. Yeah, yep, like yep. Trig- uh, trig identities. Yeah, I hated those identities. Um, I was having an identity crisis there. Mm, I got um, a new email from Newegg. Ooh, I love Newegg. Man, I wish they were a sponsor. Except for they're so much more expensive than Amazon. Um, what I've was trying that? to look that up. Um, was that, that was mine your device. Or was that, yours? that was my, I, mine's on silent, and plus okay. mine's not an Android. I'm cheap. Yeah. Wait a second. Okay. Mm. Oh, that's Newegg. Oh, yeah. So how does it feel having multiple email clients? I don't everywhere? have that problem. I don't have that problem. Okay. It's only because of this Mac. Mm. I yeah. never use this anymore. Why not? Um. Well, but first of all, what is this? Because you just gestured to something people can't see. Uh, this Mac. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, what do you do with computers again? I forgot. Compute things. What? Um. Monte Carlo Pi simulation. No, that, that's something you don't really do every day. I'm yeah. trying to think of day-to-day applications. Oh, uh, but you know that's that's what that cluster could do. Oh yeah. Um, Right now, uh, I'm I'm waiting for you to do all that. Right now, all somebody I'm going to do is build to, some, it. Somebody has to give me a Fortran compiler and a book on how to do it. Speaking of Fortran, um, I, I don't really. I was look, re- looking into the language, and um, it has different versions. Like there's version seventy-seven, yeah. forty-four. Get the like, latest one. Like, but what is? Uh, I don't fully understand <sighs> all that. Like, well, my knowledge of it is very limited, also. But you know, like, and there's not that many books on Amazon about Fortran. No, you're going to... Compared to... If you look for C-books, well, you're flooded with them. That, Everybody writes a book about logical. that. That's logical. No, but like Fortran, so, you know, every five to ten years, they would come up with, hmm, this is the new thing in, in the language, you know? This is how we're going to do it from now on. And so those indicate the year. 
ish, kind of, but not really. And yeah, really not really. Yeah. Um, I like Java 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, but, 6. But it's seven. not, because it was originally Java 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, and still then 5, and then 6. Well, they're all called, st- they're yeah. all just the regular number, but not really. Yeah, I think, yeah, never mind. Uh, yeah, but Fortran, but, it kind of went on that same line, and so each successive iteration, they added more things and refined the language further, obviously. I don't get their naming structures, though. Um, Fortran. Okay, all right. This this let's move on. Okay, what's next? Uh, I just we just did iBooks. What, oh yeah, anything interesting? You know, you know. So I was talking about my MacBook Air, and you know what's mm-hmm. the successor to my MacBook Air? Don't know. A Windows Eight computer. Oh, it's a huge improvement. I am totally being facetious. However, I do have some news about Windows Eight. Mm. Are you PCs? looking? Are you looking? What? Hmm. Hmm. I don't have any feces. Hmm. Hmm. Theories? About what? Hmm. 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 You know Windows 8, right? Yes. You know You know, there's a beta coming out in February? Uh, no, but I've been, you know, the developer's preview wasn't that well, impressive. Well, no, what really was very, uh, I don't know, man, they really should have thought about that one a little bit harder. Mm. You know, like, when Windows 7 came out mm-hmm. in the preview, like, we were all just floored at how stable the RC, the the beta one was. Oh yeah, you, you know it was so stable on a cheap computer I had. I put it on a real computer I had, and it was so stable there. I put it on all the other computers in the house, and mm-hmm. it was just the it was just beta one. Do you know how dangerous it is to have all your computers in the house have release candidate? You mean a beta? Was they it were, beta? They were all betas. They did one beta yeah. and two RCs. Yeah, I remember. I only had the and. You know, you know, when Windows Seven came out, it was, we were just shocked, just yeah. amazed at how incredibly well done it was. Mm-hmm. When Windows uh, Vista came out, you know, prior to Seven, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, I got a, I got my hands on the uh, the build, mm-hmm. you know, the the beta. And yeah, I, I mean, that's probably an RC at that point, but you know, it was okay. It didn't. It looked like XP enough that I didn't really notice too much of a difference. You know, like, the control panel looked different, and minor things were different. But it wasn't such a big deviation from what had been already established. But it was so much slower, and it just looked incomplete. Ooh. But, but like, Windows 8, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, it has the new Metro interface that looks incomplete because nobody's developed for it yet, because obviously that's why they're doing the developer preview. So that when the betas come out, there will actually be some apps, some content for it. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, and and in the preview, the uh, Windows, the classic desktop, that hadn't had completed visual updates yet. So it was still undergoing its own changes. So both pathways were still, you know, being worked on. So in, uh, you know, sometime in February when the beta comes out, we'll actually see more visuals about Windows 8. Hopefully that Metro has been improved a little bit. I hope so, too. I mean, I, you know, I'm all for Metro. I like how it looks, but not for a laptop or desktop. What is spinning in my menu bar? Okay. <sighs> so I got one side question. I know this is completely weird and just a random interjection of comments. Yeah. Um, if you download a recipe on how to make a bomb, would you count that as terrorism? Yes. Okay, so, so do these people. Okay. Um, never mind. I'm just worried about something. Okay. Never mind. Back, uh, to, back to your story. So... Um, two things that we found out this week is that Metro, 
you know Metro, mm-hmm. Metro Desktop. Yeah. So the start screen is entirely Metro, and so that's where new apps are going to be installed. So in the Windows Store, um, oh, the, the integrating Windows Store. Okay. Yeah. So they're going to have a Windows Store, and you can get Metro apps in the Windows Store. So when you buy a Metro app and you have a computer, it'll install there. But on other computers you're also also registered on, it'll also install there, up to five computers. So one app can be on multiple devices, just like on your iPhone and iPad. You know, one app on multiple places, right? That makes sense. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, on the other hand, it doesn't make sense. Because on Mac, Twitterific is different than the instance of Twitterific on your iPad, for example. Right? Mm -hmm. So, like, they both cost $5.99, I think, right? Yeah. But they're both fantastic. If you had both, I suggest you buy both. Man, I wish we had a sponsor. But you know what? Mm -hmm. I don't know how Windows is going to reconcile that problem. Uh, Another thing that isn't from this week, but that we've known for a while, is that apps aren't going to even be 99 cents. You know how much the lowest price for an app will be, other than free, of course? Uh, 10 cents. No. 149. Really? Yeah. Isn't that a weird number to start pricing? I mean, you, huh. you mean you're a kid, and you're like, hmm. You know, I could probably get away with charging my parents' credit card for 99 cents, but, you know, 149 they're going to notice that. You know, I think they've noticed, you know, not noticed anything below 5 bucks. Yeah, but, you know, it just seems like, you know, that 99 cents price, right? It's the price that everybody just, yeah, you know, it's not significant, but it's low. It, you know, it's like high a enough. It's a 99-cent bookstore. Right, right. Yeah. You know, it's significant enough that it, you know, still makes money, but it's not significant enough that it holds people back. Yeah, it's funny how much money they really make off of that kind Right, of stuff. absolutely. So, yeah. it, it's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, also, in the Windows 8 section, because, mm-hmm. you know, just one story isn't good enough anymore. Uh, instant Wi-Fi. In- yeah, I, I always liked that. Um, so, a couple of months ago... When I got this MacBook Air, mm-hmm. I was interested in how that the Wi-Fi could connect back to the router with when I, once I opened the screen, essentially. I opened the screen, it was connected. I didn't yeah. no, Normally, like on this computer, I have to wait for it to start up, it, and then it, for like six or seven seconds-ish, I have to wait for the Wi-Fi to connect. Yeah, I can't um, stand it on my netbook. It takes a whole 40 like seconds. On your iPad, once you turn it on, you're connected to Wi-Fi, right? Instantly. Right. Do you think it's on Wi-Fi otherwise? I'm pretty sure it is, but... Yeah, I know it is because when like my iPad right, is off sense. right now. Yeah, but I just it just beeped because I got a message from oh, Amazon. It's sleeping, right? Mm. Yeah, I guess if I, you know, not really. You, you don't ever turn it off. No, who whoever turns the iPad off? That's weird. I never turn this off. I don't even know how. You know, I've only had to do it once, and that was when I was trying to do um something something to it. Um, can't hmm. say. Because, I uh, guess I do turn this MacBook Air off when it gets too hot. Yeah, but desktop is kind of different than a little. Well, it or yeah, I agree. IPod or yeah, the, how does the iPad ever get hot? Never, mm. never. That's um, good. The only time it gets warm is when I'm charging it. So if I have the it hooked up to the battery charger, um, it does get a little warm. You know, I have noticed that this only really gets hot when it's on the cord. Yeah, can I tell you a funny story? Please. I know it's not relevant. To Go anything, ahead. We but, don't um, have relevancy here. That's, that's over. good. Yeah. Uh, have to get our astrophysicist friend to explain this to us. But uh, I left my Kindle outside last night. Oh, yeah? And uh, so you know how it has the e-ink display. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so uh, you know how it uh, barely, just barely got below freezing last night. Yep. Um, it's so warm out. Um, it's nice. Yeah, it's very revolutionary. <laughs> uh, but uh, I tried to turn it on 
um, it, it didn't, it normally it's like instant on, but then there's a slow big black thing, and like, whoa, whoa, that's weird, and then it fades in slowly to the thing, and so I'm seeing my home menu, actually, no, I was seeing the book I was reading, High Performance Linux Clusters, um, but in the background, I could still see um, the author's face. Like the 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 e ink wasn't refreshing right, and then every time I changed a page, it would just add to the stack of residual images. Um, you know that's uh yeah. sounds like a problem with the with the cold. Yeah, uh, who whoever reads in the cold. So do you know why it does that? Is it because um, the particles yeah. can't move? Yeah, you know, obviously as fast in cold weather. Yeah, in cold, like I mean that. cold temperatures, obviously. But um, still trying to figure out why the image I mean, froze to it. Well, I mean like. Yeah, I think the, I think the in the Kindle the e ink particles they're like literally particles of dust similar to toner. On one side it's black, on one side it's white, mm-hmm. and then electric charges can flip them. And yeah. so then when it's cold, the, their suspension can't move fast enough to flip. Maybe uh, I don't know if that's right. Sounds like a technology that you should look into. Yeah, I'll, toner. I'll report back. Yeah, I'm really good at causing disasters. Yes. So this instant Wi-Fi thing, it's uh, pretty important, because I I know for sure that if this MacBook Air didn't have instant Wi-Fi, it wouldn't be nearly as useful. Yeah, even the Kindle has... Pretty much instant... I I never turn that thing off. It's always on Wi-Fi. You know, I I don't... You know, I read the article on the MacBook Air months ago, and I don't... It had some weird, weird packet hackery going on. It would, like... It assumed that if you were in a network, the next network you would be on would be the same one, so it would try to reuse and reallocate uh, the original IP address, you know, for the local network. It would try to reuse it again. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Windows doesn't do that, which is absurd because that seems like a logical step. Um, and there's just a weird, weird bunch of stuff. But um, look at this graph, and I'll just describe it in the meantime. Okay. So Windows Seven took about 12 seconds to connect to Wi-Fi completely, if you were lucky. Now, Windows 8 can take two or one. That's good. So, um, a lot of the things they're doing is they're not going to search for other networks anymore. They're going to search for the network you were last on first, which is obvious, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be in a place, you should go to sleep and you wake up, where are you going to be? The same place. Depending on what we did last night. Mm. Yeah, but either way, (laughs) that makes a lot of sense. You know, so I mean, and so they're also doing other things. They're gonna they're gonna compact the network ID field. So I don't know what that means, but that time is being shortened by a significant factor. Everything they're doing is being shortened by a significant factor there. So it's a really important thing for them to do on those tablets and even even you know computers that you know like these. You know, it's important for Wi-Fi to get back on quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd be interested in a in a. Kind of not. I don't know how it would work, but you know, like how you can have um, Wake on LAN. Oh yeah. How how could you implement Wake on Wi-Fi? Oh, I think it'd be really easy to spam. But well, well, this kind of is Wake on Wi-Fi. It's in like a hibernation mode. It's not really off though. Right, but 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 I mean, think about it. Same same principle. I mean, but isn't that how sleep works on Wake on LAN? Isn't it? Yeah, but no. The thing with the Wake on Wi-Fi, though, like with Wake on Land, the, the system is completely dead off, and then it gets a. It like, shouldn't be called Wake then. Resurrection on land. Better. Okay. Um, that's what I so, do on my server. Yeah. No, that's that. That can't come up. Ah, uh, Bornhor. 
Yeah, I guess so. Not really functioning, but they're... And can still cause damage. Uh, but still be useful. I just recovered the soul agony from soul reaping. Mm. Mm. Good stuff. It only lasts for 12 seconds. And then it completely explodes forever. Putrid explosion. That's another skill, yes. Um, crap, what was I getting at? I don't know. Oh, um, so my desktop is completely off. And then um, when I do the wake on land thing, um, it the signal comes from the router. like, the, like mm-hmm. All the electricity and power is powered by the router, which sends the signal. But on the Wi-Fi... The, the battery in the iPad needs to be on at all times. Like, it, it has to be on enough to be able to power itself. Right. And so with the wake on Wi-Fi... Well, that's not really waking on Wi-Fi. It's never actually off. It's asleep, but not really asleep sleep. Yeah, but that's, What does asleep mean? Does that mean the screen's asleep, or does that mean asleep everything and everything else is slowed down? That's <sighs> weird. Mm, yeah. It's not quite the same thing. Uh, I don't know. But I, 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 you know what I think they could do? They could make, uh, you know, like an, they could have a, a 200 megahertz ARM chip or something that essentially takes no power, that could actually be powered by a battery internally, you know, for a day or whatever, and you could really do wake on Wi-Fi, you know, if something is yeah. a direct packet, it could do it. So, um, you know my watch I have? Yeah, I might. Yeah, do you know that how one? it's powered? No, I don't. Com- you see the black face on it? I do. It's actually a solar panel. Oh, that's clever. Um, you don't actually see anything like that, mm-hmm. like, um... I know you don't it would never leave your little iPad out in the sun, but um, you could power it with just a regular light, and if it's a little, it's a little ch- yeah, chip, you could cool. definitely power it with just a little fluorescent lights and right. stuff. Right, yeah. So, it's like, you know, our calculators in school, if they can run like those, yeah. and, mm-hmm. when we're at the science fair, remember those? Yes, I do. Remember them back from when we were in kindergarten? I don't remember any of that. Yeah. We didn't have calculators. Oh, you didn't? No, Longfellow was too poor. Hmm. But speaking of... Solar panels and solar cells. Yeah. Also in Windows 8, they're introducing new uh, modules for sensors. So mm. um, they were talking about light sensitivity on, on screens. You know, the, the, the light uh, contrast ratios on screens have improved four times compared to what they were two years ago. So, um, you know, in, you know, whenever Windows 8 comes out, hopefully this year, but maybe next year, you know, screens will have been even that much better. But, yeah. so, what they want is they want to be able to have computers with integrated ambient light sensors, you know, maybe, uh, you know, compasses, gyroscopes, accelerometers. They want all those things to be able to work within Windows, and they want to be able to provide at least some type of API and framework to get it, tap into those things. So that'll be interesting. Can you imagine what it would be like for your desktop to have an ambient light sensor? Hmm. Not really. Useless. It's pretty dark under there. I mean, but what about your like, keyboard lights? But that's that. This is always up, out, in you know the light. Desktops aren't. Laptops are. Well, throw it on your keyboard, or I don't know. Oh, that's decentralized then, and then it's the keyboard's job to figure it out. Yeah, but so I, I don't know how they're going to figure that one out. But it would be nice to have a little laptop that automatically found out when to turn the brightness of your keyboard lights on. Yeah. Yeah, I know my headlights on my car do that. Like, I have a little sensor right up front, and then depending on how dark it is, it just determines what's on. Definitely. Yeah, so that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um... So, you've been using computers, right? I, I, a lot more. Life? A lot more today. Yeah, and so, um... 
besides your adventure with uh, your GUI-less system, uh, when you're using a computer with a graphical interface, what's the standard way to look at something? Like, let's say you want to find... You know what I was going to say? I was going to say my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mine are having problems right now. Uh, but it, um, us- Usually, thing. with Chrome, it's already open. But otherwise, it's on the taskbar. So you go to, like, start, applications, It's on run. the taskbar, usually. Yeah. But, um... Now, if it's not a program I have, you know, I use frequently, mm-hmm. so, like, on this computer, I didn't formally use Audacity frequently, what I would do is I would do alt-space-bar to open Launchy, which is equivalent to Spotlight on Windows, mm-hmm. and I would just search for it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um... So, you know, that's been a, like, let's say you want to, like, you're in uh, Firefox and you want to open up a new tab. Besides using the shortcuts, you go to File, New Tab, and yep. stuff like that. It's a standard drop-down menu. Yeah. And so that's kind of the same across every operating system. Absolutely. Whether you're using Linux, uh, Mac, um, Windows, uh, BSD, anything. They have um, Firefox it, on BSD? Uh, not Firefox, but they have some kind of drop-down thing. Okay. Like, uh, in the GUI mode. Uh, Do they have any Gecko on BSD? Echo? Firefox's layout engine. Mm, don't know. Hmm. Um, haven't used BSD that much myself. Okay. Um, I just used it to do this few little testing with uh, this little cluster thing. Wow. Uh, okay, then. Yeah, but... Uh, um, uh, what was I getting at? I already lost. Got me way off topic here. Um, but, uh, so, that's changing. Um and it's going to be really bad. Uh, so, Neil Ubuntu is really good at... Ruining our lives. Yeah. It used to be all about simplifying it. Um, like, right, I haven't used um, Ubuntu 10.04 in a long time, and it's just this most beautiful... Like, it, it's... It's the, simple. The windows are jiggly. <laughs> um, I, I like my jiggly windows. Um, but they took that away from me with um, everything else. Um it's simple, everything's elegant, everything works flawlessly, and, um, yeah, and then they decided to push to a Unity, and then that was fail, and so now they're trying this new um, Why heads do you think display. Unity is a fail? Because I can't see what I want. It's just, I never experienced that problem. Mm. Yeah, I just don't like it. Um, yeah, that's not a good reason, you gotta have reasons. I can't do what I need to do. What do you need to do? Open things quickly. What? Say I want Chrome. I want to be able to just go Chrome. You either put it in your dock, which is essentially your taskbar, or you just hit the I want super... it to open, though, when I click it. Well, you're using a slow computer, then. It, everything runs better on 10.04. Yeah, that's not the problem. You know, it runs faster. You know, you know uh, Vista's UI changes introduce transparency, which look... Infinitely better than Windows XP Blue Bar. You know, 1004 looks better than Unity. Blue Bar. Bar. Uh, I'm not first. Yeah. But, um, I would play a little audio clip for you from, um, Ubuntu's, uh, little demo video. But uh, Ubuntu, as of late, has decided that all the little promotional videos just need a funny soundtrack with a techno beat behind it. So you're saying there's, uh, no, no real value there. There's no real explanation oh, no. of what's going on. Um, they, they, so describe what happens in the video at least. Cause... So, um, you know, decide that in the text of the video, actually there is no text, um, but in the description of it, they talk about how you can, like if you want something, you just talk to it. Like you can like you could input commands with the speech recognition software and stuff. That'll never work. Um, it only works on Android. 
yeah, uh, and then Siri and other stuff. But uh, it's just with the soundtrack, you can't really show that. I mean, that would be the best time to demo something like that in a video clip. But uh, as we, like, what was that last movie we watched? The Ubuntu TV thing. Yep. All it was was just a weird. Beat you know, it and seems stuff. like we make fun of Ubuntu each week. Ah, but it, they. It's because we had such high expectations because they created something so perfect and then just completely slapped it in the face, destroyed it. Well, you know, when 1004 came out, I didn't think it was perfect. I thought it was better than 910 with its brown coffee land deal. But You, you don't like Karen's interface stuff? No, nah, I wasn't too fond of that. No, wait, that, that was all orange. Like uh, this weird shade of orange, dark orange. I don't know. I, I, just, I just wasn't a fan of the brown land. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I preferred the purple a little bit more. But... You know, Lucid Links was a cool name, too. But the biggest problem I had with 1004 was that it really didn't do anything. And, you know, it was an RTS, so they... Or is that what they call it? LTS. LTS, Long-term whatever. Support. I th- keep thinking of RTM for Windows. Mm-hmm. Different thing. Uh, so, they, you know, it was an LTS, so they wanted to make it generally usable for a long time, right? Yeah. Well, they managed to do that. We still use it today. You're using it right there. Yeah. Well, 1204 is going to be the next long-term support. On the other hand, it didn't have any spectacular draw-dropping features. It was kind of sad. It worked. It worked quickly. You know, you know what? It looks beautiful. Every operating system I've ever used actually just did work. Really? Yeah. Mm, I've had XP explode a few times. You have. I don't have that problem. Because I actually have computers that don't suck. But you don't do anything on them. Really? Yeah. I don't change my environment variables. You don't delete them, which is a problem. I don't delete them because you're not supposed to? Uh, you don't set up the JDK very well. I set it up correctly. Hmm. so fun in that. Yeah, yeah, there is. I can code faster. Uh, I suppose. Not really, though. But, um... So you don't think this is going to take off, right? I'm going off the recent track record, plus I saw the video demo... Um, which is actually really lame, and plus they don't, they describe that it's just as revolutionary, it it changes the way people, um, look at things, and, um, it's just, there's no drop-down menus, you just, it's, you can only one-key search with Unity. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just that for pretty much everything. So Um, don't you think that's the next logical progression? No. Well, no, but I mean, in the terms of Unity... Or in, I guess in terms of Unity, yeah. Wouldn't that make sense to, like, mm-hmm. make everything go away and just, oh, like, I want to do something, let's use a button for it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I like that, though. But One of the things I don't like about that feature is that you can't invoke it with a mouse. I guess that's true. So if you were keyboardless, you know, for some sad reason, but what would you do? You I mean, can't I, be keyboardless. Why? Uh, most operating system world BIOS won't even let you boot. Ah, but see, that just means you're still using those old BIOSes. Everybody uses EFI now. Mm. Yes. What if you had a tablet? Then you wouldn't be running Unity Desktop. Really? Pretty much. Because they took they took that from Netbook land. Took the still desktop. Yeah, but what do they run on tablets? Isn't that kind of the thing they're going to try doing now? They're going to try to put some uh, Unity on a tablet or something. Yeah, but that's different. Mm-hmm. Is it really? Yeah. Where? Everywhere. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work. Yep. What do they call this new thing, by the way? Uh, HUD? Yeah. That's, that's a stupid name, too. 
As long as we're ripping everything they've ever done, I'm what just going to go move sta- into the name. What does it stand for? Uh, head under display or head over. Wait. Uh, uh, that sounds under like because that would be N. Yeah. Uh, head under display. Uh, crap. I already closed it because I thought we were done with this crap. Also, yeah. it is. Hmm. Oh, okay. That's cool. So if you go to HUD, H-U-D dot gov, you get a UMC page 2044 error. That's weird. I, like, I googled HUD and that's what I got. Um, look what I got. Reload. I got an actual page. Oh, that's good. Uh, you're cursed. Or haunted. Or both. Hmm. Uh, oh, oh, it loaded now. Well, that was cool. Yeah. Not as cool as my Google error the other week. Oh, housing and urban development. Okay, great. I'm sure that's what HUD is for. Hmm. Well, finally, in today's regular news section, we have Apple. You know Apple? Have you ever heard mm-hmm. of Apple? You know, they made a lot of money this quarter. Oh, yeah. You know how much money they made? I don't remember. Uh, No, but I know they made more money this quarter than any other quarter ever. I think it was the second most ever, yeah. I heard first. Hmm. Depends on who you ask. Count, uh, count up or down. Left or right. I count up. And well, down. Well, then you're a bad for loop. Mm. I'm a for each loop. No, do for. So then, if you're yeah. for each loop, you don't count at all. You just iterate. You know, I don't even know what you do. Bunch of crap. But yeah, way. okay. Well, so you you know wireless N, right? The yeah. N the N protocol for eleven o two eleven. Wait, wait, eight o two dot eleven. You know the the N protocol, how it's supposed to be fast. Do you know Do you know the maximum throughput on that? Isn't it like 450 uh, kilobits per second? That's theoretical. Or megabits. Uh, megabits okay. but, um, it's theoretical. It never happens, right? Ever. But well, it is still pretty fast. It is fast, but... Eh. Well, apparently there's another, yet another... Oh, look, another thingamajig buzzing. <laughs> so there's another protocol, and I, I, don't, I don't know what it's called, but, uh, or, you know, like a fancy name for it, mm-hmm. but they're calling it... 802.11ac right now, which is a terrible name, because wasn't there already an A? Yeah, there was an A to B, and... Yeah. I don't, there wasn't a C, it jumped right to G, and then N, which is all stupid. Yeah. Or they're well, afraid it's never implemented. Right. Well, so no this need. new standard is going to be much faster. It's going to, um, you know, go you know go on top of N, so presumably be replacing G, so N will go to G's, you know, frequency, I guess. But it will, um... Use um, two to four times the frequency bandwidth, so from 80 on N to 160 on, you know, AC. It'll be more efficient. I don't know how. It'll be able to use more antennas, which is good, because that means you can have more simultaneous streams. Um, It's going to be able to get up to a gigabit in uh, transfer speed. That's pretty good. Theoretical, of course. So maybe the actual throughput will be what N's... Theoretical actually is, right? So, Which is still pretty bloody fast. It would be quite incredible to do that over Wi-Fi. Yeah. Imagine the radiation you're going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what What the rumor is this time is, is that Apple is going to start incorporating this new protocol sometime this year into their products. What product do you think would most benefit from this? Um, I want Apple TV to have something It faster. starts with a T and ends in a V. TV. That's right. Yeah. You got it. Why? 
Because it needs to be able to stream stuff. It needs like to be able to stream good, stuff. Good, good video. It needs to stream fast, high-quality video, yeah. really quick. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense for them to do this. So, you, you you get your Apple TV. They give you a huge discount on the airport. You know, the the base station kind of thing? Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called. Is it called airport? Why not? I think that's their word for it. I think so. Well, so they give you that. Mm-hmm. And then you, you plug that into your router or your modem, I mean. And you just stream and stream and stream. It's just instant because it's so much faster that way. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I hope uh, that happens. It sounds good. But, you know, I don't even think wireless and this has a very high penetration yet. Have, do, you, do you see too many end networks these days? Uh, no. My house is G. Um, this other one of my clients is also running a G um, router. And actually, you're the only person I know who uses N. Besides my school, my school is ev- everything in my school is N. Um, every business I go to is N. Really? Uh, what, like what? Because I know Target has rolled out Wi-Fi and it's G. I haven't gone to... Hmm. I never, you know, browsed Target that way. So Target has public Wi-Fi? If you go to Roseville, at least it does. I don't know about Midway, but... Oh, I'm... I'm do you know what I'm going to do? No. I'm going to take the Amazon student app to Target. That's And find out how much money I could save. That's so funny. Uh, well, I was there today. I was looking at network cables. And uh, for a six-foot network cable, they're charging 20 bucks. At Target? Yeah. That network cable? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just laugh at them. Then um, make my own cables. Hmm. A lot faster. Yeah. Or, not faster, but cheaper. But I, it's not faster, but it is easier in the long run instead of paying. Just imagine if you could make your own HDMI cable. Oh, you know. imagine the precision you need in that. Uh, no, I don't. Don't want to. Oh, yeah. I uh, try not to imagine hard things. But, but wouldn't it be great to have a gigabit over Wi-Fi? Yeah. Um, so um, I know it's also off topic. and keep on getting off there. Um, I was looking into getting into fiber. Uh, like uh, I, <laughs> I ran a little feasibility study on this. Zero um, percent. Um, Ah, uh, yeah. So do you know how much it would cost to uh, run a cable to, from your house to my house? I can't even or, imagine. Not, um, yeah, just to get the cable would be around $400. Wow. Uh, and uh, then... How would you even run it properly? I was thinking through the trees. And the word proper doesn't exist. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, you, do you remember the power line going to our neighborhood park? Yeah. Um, they, they cut a branch off of this tree, and then they use, like, they cut it like just two inches, like they cut this branch two inches from the base of the trunk, and then they just prop the yes. wire up over there. On a little tusk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's the proper thing to do. It, it looked like it. Yeah. Uh, but why, um, why make something that made when you could do it naturally? Yeah. But then, after we get the cable here, we're going to need these little um, uh, fiber to Cat5 inverter things, and... Um, they're, they run about fifty bucks each, and difficult. so that's another hundred bucks for each end, and then um, just to mount the ends and everything would be a lot of money. Yeah, I, I then, don't, I don't think that's a good idea. But the money, like, imagine then instead of how much do you pay for your internet? Uh, I think it's seventy a month with phone. How, how so much is it? Seventy bucks 70, a month oh, that's, with that's phone. Quite a bit. Well, it's but, with um, phone though, so yeah, I guess ours half-ish. is. Like thirty for, for thirty five for our internet and then twenty for phone, which so. is like fifty. Yeah, but imagine if we pooled that together. We might even get the T one or no, that would, oh, really? Yeah, but um, a lot more money, and then we could get one 
big internet connection, and then... But not really. And then you could go to jail for all the stuff I do. Or, you know what we could do? You could buy some Wi-Fi AC routers and just give them to everybody and just know their passwords and just hoard them all. Yeah, or it could blackmail our way into making money. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's time for lightning. Oh, yes. Everyone and, likes lightning. And the sound is coming soon. Hold on. Oh, wait, for, wait for it. Seriously. Android, work! You trust it. You're relying on an Android. That's insane. It came from Google. <laughs> okay. Oh, well. well. We'll edit something in. Not pleased here. Come on, Google. Man, that thing sucks. Can't believe it. Mm. It's going to do it, like, just randomly now. Anyway. So, uh, you go. Sure. So, do you remember uh, in January, I guess that's a year ago, in our APCS, two years ago in our APCS class? Yep. Um, Which is Advanced Computer Science Placement. Uh, yeah. Inverted a little bit. Um, there's this hilarious story about a bunch of people from Newegg buying a bunch of i7s, but they're a bunch of lead. Yeah. Um, well, these people bought a bunch of uh, iPads in Canada, mm-hmm. and they're blocks of clay. Interesting. Yeah. Like, do uh, you know how Apple has, um, like, they, they let a bunch of other stores sell their stuff? And so these people went to, it was a small shop that sells um, electronics, and they all bought um, these iPads with cash, and then they uh, returned them. After, and, and they just um, replaced them with a block of clay that was about the same weight and size and took it all. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so far, there is about, um, like, ten of them taken or in a different store. It's like they just do one, go to a different place. You know, that seems really weird. Like, how does, uh, like, when you return it, right? Yeah. How do you not notice? Don't you inspect no, no. it a little? Um, yeah, my, when my brother was working at Target, at, at the Midway Target, before it became a Super Target, um, he said somebody tried to do that with the old iPad. Or, not the old, the iPod? old iPod. Yeah, yes. definitely, that's what and I heard Do you know what they put in? A no. block of soap. Okay, that's... that's the right, that was the right size for yeah. the old 20 gig one. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, and then he said that the guy was out the door before they even had the thing open. Like, he, <sighs> saw, he saw that they were trying to open it to make sure it was still in there, and he just bolted. Yeah, I know, but that seems weird to me that you wouldn't check before you let them go. You shouldn't give them a refund until you make sure that everything's yeah. in order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. But uh, that would be a good way to uh, claim insurance money or whatever. Oh, definitely, but not really. Uh, it seems like y- you'd be liable for not doing due diligence. But that's where all the money is. Indeed. Well, uh, speaking of Wi-Fi... Mm-hmm. Um, just, just today, uh, super Wi-Fi has arrived. Uh, and by today, I mean yesterday. Uh, actually, it depends on what day you're listening to this, whatever. Um, but in North Carolina, it is the first, um, state to deploy a super Wi-Fi. And super Wi-Fi is essentially, uh, you know when we had the digital transition from analog to digital TV? Yeah. Well, the, uh, old analog, you know, frequencies, those have been converted to un- unlicensed you know, frequencies, obviously. And those could be used, potentially, for a long-distance-ish Wi-Fi-style kind of thing. Mm. So what this could do is it could allow um, huge, you know, metropolitan areas, you know, hundreds of miles wide, Mm -hmm. to just have a blanket Wi-Fi. You know, because you just transmit over, you know, regular TV airwaves, right? Mm -hmm. So that'd be pretty cool. 
you know, it would essentially um, be about the speed of DSL. So, I mean, it wouldn't be able to go as fast as cable, but it could offer the range. And that would be very helpful for uh, outlying communities around major areas, but, like, you know, further out into the country. They'd normally have to subscribe to, like, satellite, internet, but instead they could use this. Yeah. And, it, you know, yeah. it's using using regular TV frequencies so that if they got TV before, they should still be able to do it now. Okay, yeah. So that, that sounds pretty cool to me. Uh, I don't know if I'll go through. Why not? Why not? Um, how much energy do you think that takes? I have like, no idea. Do you but think they'll kill somebody's battery? Uh, it's not for a phone or anything. It's for a big receiver. You know, like... Like, it wouldn't be for, like, a single house. It would be for an area. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, in a city, you would broadcast it all, and then buildings individually would have to leech onto it. Yeah, okay, um, I can see that then. Because, you know, the bigger concern would be, how does... You know, like, it makes sense for the signal to be sent from a huge, high-powered, you know, antenna, right? Mm-hmm. But how do you send it back without having that same huge, high-powered antenna? That's what I was wondering about the battery draw. So, so um, you know, it, it remains to be seen, so we'll see. But it sounds interesting to use those unclaimed frequencies that are on license now. I mean, if it had potential, wouldn't you think somebody else would already try it? Well, it, it just became unlicensed, so they're, they're working on it. It's still an open standard. Anybody can do it. And it's open, it's open, uh, it's open frequency. Anybody can do whatever they want. Ish. Hmm. Uh, so, also, uh, this week, uh, Blackberries uh, is made by RIM, which is Research in Motion, and the two CEOs, co-CEOs, stepped down and were replaced by some guy. Uh, who's the some guy? Bob. No, actually, uh, his name is um, uh, some name I can't actually say because uh, it starts with a T and has some weird vowels in it. Uh, you know what you need to do then? Hmm. Open up the terminal and and uh, make it ask. Oh, okay. Here, let me try that. Okay, hold on. Uh, you should probably plug. Yeah. No. This. No. No. Where's that? Oh, the oh, there it is. Good. Good. Um. So. Uh. Whoa. Mhm. You know, there used to be phones. Yeah. Uh, very popular in the business market. But you know, since the iPhone came out and then Android, they've been flailing quite. Uh, a lot. Yeah. How much does a good BlackBerry cost? Uh, I have no idea what they cost now, but they used to cost, you know, 300 bucks, and mm-hmm. now nobody really wants them for any price. Yeah. So. Do you know anybody with a BlackBerry? I do, my mom. Oh, okay. How does she like that? Oh, you gotta crank that volume. Thorsten Hines. Thorsten Hines. Thorsten Hines. Not related to ketchup. Okay. Well, so Thurston Hines, um, he he released a video on uh, presumably YouTube about okay. the company. So like he took over and he wanted to make a promotional video for the company, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you do if you become the CEO, yeah, right? I made a promotional video for Apple Juice. Right, right. Well, was that Apple Juice? Anyway. Uh, questionable. It was it was more corn than Apple. <laughs> Indeed. Well, so he made this video, and he was highly ridiculed for it because in one of the thi- one of the things he said in the video is that he doesn't believe that RIM Research in Motion needs any drastic changes. Mm. Yeah, so that that was interesting. He later went on to clarify what he meant, and that he didn't mean any drastic changes like selling out or merging. You know, like HP. Oh, let's just oh, sell yeah. that HP computer division. Yeah, we don't need that anymore. 
So that's that's at least uh, a redeeming thing to say, but maybe a little bit too late. Uh, yeah. I mean, who elected him as the new CEO? You know, I don't. I don't know how it like, works. How was he I, I, I assume I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that their board that did it. I wonder what his uh, qualifications. Uh, are. I think he was a different executive there before. Okay. Yeah. Well, that exploded. Uh, so, uh, Apple. Um, you know, they had record earnings this week because of uh, yes, their I heard that. Uh, you know um, quarterly results. And um, Tim Cook admitted that they uh, underestimated China's demand for the iPhone 4S. So that that was interesting. He said that they they didn't expect, you know, uh, iPhones to be so popular in China. This you know at this at this launch for the first time ever, you know, legally of course, mm. and that uh, you know they just weren't expecting the heavy demand from China. Just funny because that's where they're made. Yeah. Uh, also, also, China. Now, I read this as a unicorn, but it actually says Unicom. But I read this as China unicorn continues to be a very key partner. I thought this was really weird, so that's why I posted it in the docs. Uh, I'm confusing. Yeah, I was wondering what was up with that. Uh, I thought it was just weird. Uh, so, uh, do you know Bill Gates? Never heard of him. Who is yeah. he? He's a really rich guy. Oh, that's good. He had uh, over seven hundred and fifty million dollars. That's and, it. Uh, yep. No, he just uh, sent that kind of money to um, some AIDS research facility. Well, that's good. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I guess that's what he does with his stuff now. Kind of left technology and just actually no, he did. He just funding random things. And um, about a month ago, I read that he also funded something else, and I'm trying to look it up Wasn't right it now. Was a reactor of some sort? Yes, it was how to run reactors on uh, depleted uranium. That's or pretty cool, though. Yeah, um, forget, that all that also went to China. Hmm. Uh, there's some uh, nuclear reactor thing in China doing that. Uh, but there's he, so he's been you know donating lots of stuff to lots of research and causes. Hmm. Um, uh, also, but, this week, uh, you know Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a book of him nearby. Some pictures. Uh, I never well, looked at well, it. Well, well, this week, Virgin America, an airline, mm-hmm. named one of their jet planes in honor of Steve Jobs. So, would you like to... A little s- late. Would you, well, you know, they they had to get the clearance. Uh, would you like to name your plane after Steve Jobs? Hey, thank you for flying on Steve Jobs today. Wouldn't mm-hmm. that be weird? Hmm. I don't know if I'd like that. I don't think so. That'd be weird. Also, the next Xbox reportedly will be six times more powerful, and also using an AMD chip to power up its graphics. Uh, which is interesting, because currently the current Xbox is pretty weak, um, but it will still be more powerful than the next generation of the Wii, which will obviously suck. Yeah. Uh, it will be better than PlayStation. Speaking of Xbox, though, it will allegedly play Blu-rays, which is absurd, because that means Microsoft would have to license technology from who? Sony? No way. Also... They won't be able to play previously owned games. How can they stop that? So if you, I bought a game and I sold it to Game Shack or whatever, Game Shack? What is it called? GameStop. Oh, I hate the, that place. And then you bought it. Mm-hmm. How could they stop you from playing it? Uh, Putting an ID and then making it link to your like Xbox Live? All the, yeah, saving all the saves on your live account. 
Man, that uh, sucks. But no, but it's not the game. It's you mean you can't use that copy of the disc to play it in with your account, I guess. No, you need to be if I've tried this with other things, like you put the disc in No, but I mean on the next generation. Oh, they just don't make it backwards compatible then. No, no, what I'm saying is the next generation of the Xbox won't be able to play previously owned games. The, every disc will be the same, but you have to be connected to the internet to play. And you can only, every disc has a little code embedded into it or something. Which means they're different. Also, uh, hmm, Google. You know Google. Two yep. things about Google. This week, they released a new privacy policy. You know, you know what? Let me tell you something. I have gotten... 10 emails from Google today, or, you know, in the past two days, saying that they have changed these privacy policies. And you know what that means? You have 10 Gmail accounts? I have at least 10 Gmail accounts, and I'm sure they're not done yet. And there's some weird ones, too. Um, I, I got one for... Okay, hold on. This is really weird. Ty Kemper. Don't know what that is. I got one for my anime thing. I got one for my, you know, regular blog. Uh, I got one for... Let's see what that is. Got run from Ryan at ifupdown.com. I don't know how that happened. I have one for family.rampers. That's weird. I have one for Chris Desktop. That's insane. So, you know, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff going on there with the privacy policy. Essentially, it consolidated 60 services or more that used to have slightly different but very similar policies all into one, making everything easier and better for everyone. Mm. And finally... Did you really make a, a thing for just your desktop? Chris desktop. Okay. I don't remember it happening. Ah. Finally, uh, you know William, right? Yeah. He was on a few weeks ago. He was, um... He introduced himself, allegedly, as me at one time. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Well, I tried to get him to join Google Plus a few months ago when it came out in... Marchish. I don't remember. And he couldn't join because he needed to be 18 or older... And, you know, he's a youngin', so he couldn't join. But today, I can tell you for sure that Google Plus is now open to teenagers over 13. Oh, finally. So you can finally join, too. Yeah. So, I hear you have a special app of the week. Ah, it's a double special, which actually will um, count as one, because we already kind of talked about iBooks, didn't we? I think so, but not Um, really. uh, Yeah, I will skip that. Uh, the iBooks, but let's talk about iTunes U. Okay. Um, so previously, um, as you know, it was a part of iTunes. Yep. Um, and you could download books, uh, or not the books, uh, you could download um, little movie clips of uh, different lectures. But now what they've done is they've changed it where you can stream it. Before you had to download it, and instead of downloading just the... Uh, Videos, you download a collection. Um, when you download the collection, it ha- it provides you with all the worksheets and like all the th- assignments, and it, it shows you the kind of like a lesson plan. It's oh, kind of like a t- cool. it's like a teacher's notebook, cool. and so then you can go to each individual thing and then stream it instead of having to ridiculously download all the files. So you can uh, do more than just watch the lecture. You can actually participate in a class almost, right? Yeah, almost. Yeah, um, that, that's a pretty great feature. Yeah, it tells you what the course equipment is expected for you to have, and mm-hmm. it lists some textbooks, and then it shows you what readings you're supposed to have done before you listen to it. But you're supposed to do this at your own pace, because, right, you know, right. you have it. it's all published already. Um, right now, though, I got two collections. One is uh, Intermediate Algebra. Yeah. And the other collection I got was uh, Introduction to Robotics. Mm. 
um, by Stanford, and um, it was pretty good. Um, they have um, they didn't have so much of the coursework, but they had um, lots of supplementary documents. Like you know how your professor will always um, yeah absolutely uh, just randomly assign stuff. Oh, I um, I know all about that. Whoop and. Um, up here comes like here like in the document section is all his powerpoints mm-hmm. so when you because you don't go to class um you don't get to see what he has on all his powerpoints but um well, they put them up for you yeah yeah and so great. it's two separate things but it's just one collection so you know exactly what you're trying to find which so i they, love they organize that very well yeah before it was just absolute rubbish well they kind of just focused on the uh the video content right the video but and audio. You didn't even know all the videos of the same series. Like, mm. It was never really bound. Cause, yeah. Because now, check this out, I can view each individual lecture. Like, I don't, none of either on my iPad, but I have the option. I can click either the download button or the stream button. That's pretty handy. Yeah. Because, you know, you might not want to download it. You might just want to see some of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So, I, I really enjoy it. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, but there are there, it's uh, there's a few of them that are only downloadable. Okay, um, that, that's reasonable. Do but, you know if um you, you might not from the app, but do you, do you think they're all being hosted by Apple, or do you think they're hosted by their respective parties? Um, I don't know by the app, but I would I don't know. I'd kind of guess I would all be part of Apple because I know that podcasts, for example, are not hosted at all by Apple. They're hosted by the respective party. Hmm. So um. Yeah, so like our podcast isn't on the iTunes podcast section. However, if it were, iTunes wouldn't be responsible for hosting our content. We would still be. Mm. Yeah. Um, but uh, overall, it's a yeah you know, huge yeah, improvement. You know, even on the you know on the iPad, it looks fantastic. But even mm. um, I've I've seen it on the iPod Touch, and it looks great. Mm. So I mean, it's even usable there, which is saying okay, a lot. No, you can't really. It's, no, it's, it's fine. The screen. No, it's fine. Okay. You know, some you know what some people read full length novels on an iPod Touch, mm. and they're 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 not saying they have still have eyes. You they're know, not saying. Indeed, they're not saying, <laughs> but they still have eyes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I also have an app for this week. Oh, what'd you have this week? Um, you know, it's uh, it's an Android thing, so you know that's what I have here. Mm-hmm. And it's called ServeStream, and I'm sure your iPad can do, do this natively because you know that's what iPads do, but so, what SurfStream does is it allows you to stream an MP3 or an M3U file from any server. So, um, back in the day, when I actually had a server of my own, mm-hmm. before uh, it melted, you know, I, I would download, before I started doing all this, you know, fancy stuff, with listening to podcasts on the phone, you know, what I would do is I would actually listen to it on the server and then just play it if I was down here on the server or if I wasn't. I'd like it to play to the phone, but without downloading it here. So what do you do? Well, since it's all downloading it on the server, I need to get it. Need a way to stream the audio from the server to the phone. Mm-hmm. So that was easy to set up with VLC. But on here, I needed a way to play a streaming MP3. And of course, Android can't do that natively because Android is unequipped with any features. Now that's where SurfStream comes in. It allows you to play those streaming MP3s and play mm-hmm. it very well. I also use it for listening to Twit. It uh, works on 3G, on Wi-Fi. Uh, you know, it's a pretty simple interface. You know, you can you can scrabble and mm-hmm. uh, you can go back and forth and stuff. So uh, let's see if this does something. Yeah, I'm really glad that uh, Clear Channel, the radio company I work yeah, okay, for, enough of that. Yeah, really Make sure we clear that out because it's copyrighted. No, it isn't actually. It's Creative Commons. 
I read the license way before. Cool. Yeah, that was planned. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that that's a, a great app to have on your Android phone if you if you plan on streaming. Um, you, you know, you could use it for radio stations, right? You could uh, listen to like uh, local radio stations that offer an MP3 stream. Uh, a lot yeah. of radio stations do that now, so that's, that's cool. pretty handy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, do you have any uh, last remarks? Mm. Hmm. We didn't actually talk about toxic fumes. You know why? Why we? Why? Why? Why do we talk about toxic fumes? Isn't that weird? Yeah. Actually, let's not answer. Let's just keep this going. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, Never-ending toxic fume. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. We don't have time today. We, we've we've got to go. I okay. guess. I, I don't know. Oh. What's that? It's 4 o'clock. No, no, it doesn't. That's, that's the wrong clock. You're not looking at the right one. It says it's one forty-six. Okay. I think somebody's in fantasy land. I, I meant one thirty-six. sorry. I don't even know where you're getting to 36. Your time zone is way off. Oh, those are beats. Oh, that again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I think I'm good. Yeah, I think well, so. Uh, yeah, this is Matthew Butchell signing off. And this is Ryan Rampersad. Have a good one. <laughs>